0: Welcome to the Plan B CRNA Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones, and I'm so excited that you're here. The Plan B CRNA Podcast is the only show made specifically for nurse anesthetists who are exploring options outside of their traditional career paths. This is the place to expand your mind and your goals as we uncover new ways to produce side income together. Journey with me as I go down various rabbit holes to explore the best Plan B options for you. This episode is brought to you by On-Call Capital, OnCall Capital is dedicated to educating CRNAs and other healthcare providers about investing outside of the traditional stock market. OnCall Capital also provides opportunities for you, yes, you, to create passive income and generational wealth while also lowering your taxable income through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, make sure you do that right now so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining me today, and now on with the show. Welcome to the rabbit hole on the Plan B CRNA podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Jones. And throughout my journey in finding a Plan B, I've gone down numerous rabbit holes to figure out which ones work for me. Since I've done some of this research already, I only think it's right to bring that information to fellow healthcare professionals to help aid in your own search. As always, it's important for you, the listener, to do your own research and form your own opinions. Everyone's situation is unique and a Plan B that works for one CRNA doesn't always work for another. Self-awareness is the key in any decision you make since you must have an accurate grasp of your own strengths, weaknesses, and goals. Now, I'm really looking forward to today's show because it's a topic that I think is generally undercovered when it comes to investing in real estate, but it has had such an oversized impact on financial markets as a whole. So without further ado, today's rabbit hole is dun-dun-dun, real estate notes. Now, this topic is near and dear to my heart. After all, our family currently gets $1,000 per month for our previous home, which is nothing to sneeze at on the surface, but I wasn't some genius who figured out that this was a great way to go. In fact, the deal that we agreed to is pretty crummy. Uh, What I want to do today is go through the benefits and the pitfalls of choosing this path to invest. So I'm going to start off with my own story, which is a bit long, a bit complicated, and a bit emotional. I've told you before that this podcast is kind of like my own therapy, and this story should serve to prove it a bit. Uh, To be honest, I've never really shared this story with a large audience, and it scares the crap out of me, but I feel it's necessary to share our stories in order to heal, and I hope that you can relate to at least some of it. So when I was one year out of anesthesia school, my wife and I were in an enviable spot. We were always savers, so we just shoveled money into our retirement accounts first before actually taking the rest to enjoy our lives. And It wasn't that difficult considering that we only had one child and we had two very good incomes with me being a new CRNA and with my wife, Lorona being an occupational therapist at our local hospital. We were making more money than we'd ever made as a couple, but money doesn't solve all problems, right? I've always been a pay yourself first kind of guy. If you cover everything you need to, retirement included, then you can have fun with the rest. And I'm not big on budgeting, So that pay your first mantra allowed me to escape the type of thinking that scrutinizes your every single expense. At this time, I was attending the AANA conference in 2012 in San Francisco, my first national conference as an actual CRNA. I was still very attached to my experiences in SRNA, being that I was only a year into practice, and I met some other SRNAs from North Carolina. They were planning to take a wine tour and decided to take a day off from the conference. So I decided to tag along. I spent $100 to join them and we had a fantastic day in Napa Valley. Now, once I got back um, you know, to, to the hotel, my wife took issue with this. And uh, that was kind of true to her nature at the time. She was, in general, highly anxious. And that tended to bleed out into other parts of her life. So she and I had a disagreement. She thought I was wasting money, whereas I thought, hey, we're making more money than we ever have and aren't in any kind of financial straits. Of course, there's A lot more to the underlying emotions here, but uh, I'm trying to keep it simple. Uh, So long story short, she was mad. I hung up on her, and then I got out of my mind drunk. I just had no idea how to handle this kind of a situation. I'd never been in this spot, and I'd always had a vision for our future. And all of a sudden, that vision was gone. And this was not good. Uh, When I flew back a couple of days later, Lorona actually had to take care of me because I was in such bad shape physically and emotionally. I had never felt emotions like this before, and I had absolutely zero idea of how to cope with them. This was my first experience with depression, and it was a doozy. Now, I decided to move out soon after, and we ended up being separated for a year. Lorona continued living in our old home while I lived in an apartment a few minutes away. Lorona began the hard work of working on herself and her own anxieties, and she made incredible strides in that year. Unfortunately for me, I just dove deeper into my depression. It was only with her help that I made it through that time. After a rough year of living apart, the two of us decided to reconcile and start over in a new home, which leads us back to real estate notes. So starting over in a new home means moving out of the old one. And it wasn't great market timing on our end. This was 2012. After all, prices were really low. We'd purchased the home for $174,000 in 2007 at the height of the market. And we were still getting out of the financial crisis at that point. We eventually settled on an offer for $170,000 with $50,000 up front to take care of the remaining loan, which we had about $54,000 left. And $1,000 per month for the next 10 years. For those of you counting at home, this is essentially a 0% loan for 10 years to pay off an entire home. Our real estate agent claimed to have never done a deal like this before, but he felt like it was a good deal for us at the time. So we took it because we were preoccupied with our personal lives and the reconnections that, that we were forming at that time. But in hindsight, it was a pretty crummy deal. So lesson number one, A realtor is incentivized by the commission they get from selling your property, so you'd better take care of yourself. So we started receiving $1,000 per month, which was our first experience with passive income. It's been nice to have over the years, regardless of whether or not it was a good deal, but it has led me to wonder, how can folks make money off of investing in these types of opportunities? Well, it can get a bit complicated, which is why, of course, I wanted to dive right in. Now, first off, when you buy a house, you get a loan and you make payments on it. That's called a real estate note, and the bank holds that note. But what most people don't realize is that these notes are actively traded behind the scenes. I'm sure most of you have dealt with signing a contract with a lender only to have them send your contract elsewhere. This is what I'm talking about, and your loan was simply sold to another lender who was willing to take on your particular level of risk. Note investing is generally the purchase of an existing mortgage. When you purchase a real estate note, you become the bank. You are now the lender with all those rights granted to you. You don't own the real estate, but you have the right to take collateral or foreclose on the property if the borrower doesn't pay. Banks are able to do this because they spread their risk around among thousands upon thousands of loans. If one goes bad, that's okay because there are plenty of others that prop it up and continue payments. However, if you do this on your own, you may only have a few notes that folks are paying on. Your risk is much more significant, contextually speaking. Now, there are two broad categories of residential notes that you can invest in, performing notes and non-performing notes. Yes, you can focus on senior or junior lien positions, but that's a bit further than I'm willing to go down the rabbit hole. For our purposes, let's just stick to the two main categories here. Performing notes. These are notes where the borrower is making their scheduled payments. As an investor, your focus is on the current income. Loan modifications can take place, which change the original terms of the loan. Most modifications are initiated by the borrowers who want to stay in their homes, but they've had a financial setback, such as job loss, medical crisis, or divorce. Some may assume that these are bad loans, but that's not necessarily the case. Many borrowers are grateful to continue payments after they have recovered from their financial setback. Sometimes the property value may cover the value of that note. Banks sell these types of mortgages at deep discounts to investors. Next is private financing, which is when an individual directly lends money to a borrower who either can't or doesn't want to get a traditional loan from a bank. This was the situation we were in, as our realtor informed us that our buyers' religious beliefs prevented them from going through a bank. Most of the time, these deals are created from personal networks. And lastly, for performing notes, we have hard money loans. These are often short-term bridge loans that are made to rehabbers who need capital to purchase and flip a home. The goal is to use the money to rehab the property and sell or refinance at better terms in a short time period. Most investors are familiar with this type of loan structure. The risk from this originates from the highly cyclical construction markets. Now, on to non-performing notes. These are generally sold by banks and financial institutions for a very deep discount, sometimes between 50 to 90% lower than their actual cost. In this case, borrowers aren't making their scheduled payments, and the goal of the investor is to modify the loan with the homeowner to ensure some type of payment, or to reach a lump sum settlement, or to actually foreclose on the property. Returns can be higher, but they carry much more risk overall. On a whole, investors realize that it's good to be the bank. There is one on nearly every corner after all, so they must be doing something right. In the case of notes, you are not a landlord, but a lien lord. These liens collateralize your investment. As a lender, you aren't concerned with tenants or toilets, but with payments only. This is a big advantage over traditional residential real estate investments. So what are the advantages to real estate note investing? Number one, you don't have to worry about property management. This can be time consuming and eat into your overall returns, but that's not your problem you receive the income while someone else manages the property. Number two, you don't have to worry about maintenance. As a homeowner, have you ever called your bank to help you fix something? No, because it's not their problem. As a lender, all maintenance is the responsibility of the homeowner. Number three, you don't have to manage residents. Vacancy or not, your homeowner must pay the mortgage regularly and on time, or you can take the property back through foreclosure. Number four, Mortgage notes are secured by the property. Now, what the heck does that mean? Well, if a borrower stops paying their mortgage, you can foreclose and take back the property. That's a pretty strong lever to pull. Number five, well, if you want mailbox money, this is the epitome of it. This is some of the most passive income you can find so long as you've done your due diligence. Number six, there is an active secondary market here. If you get tired of owning your notes, you can always sell them on the secondary market. There is a strong appetite there, and you can get rid of your note without incurring the selling costs or opportunity costs of exiting real estate. And number seven, there are massive discounts. This is the best advantage of investing in mortgage notes. Banks aren't generally equipped for the types of investments you're looking for, and the discounts you see offer higher yields and greater profits overall. Now, of course, Note investing is not without its share of risk. Banks, like insurance companies, spread out their risk over thousands and even millions of customers. As an individual, this level of risk mitigation is much more difficult to achieve, but there are a few other risks to be concerned with as well. Credit risk. This is the most obvious one. There is a risk of your borrower defaulting on the loan. Depending on the type of note you invest in, this risk can be high or low. This was a big reason for the financial crisis in 2008 since banks invested in a ton of highly risky home loans. It's no joke, so know what type of loans you're actually investing in. Next is collateral risk. This is the risk associated with the property itself. Is the property in a floodplain or on a fault line? Is it near some power lines or something? There are all kinds of things that can affect your risk profile. Next is investment risk. This is the risk associated with the actual terms of the loan you're assuming. How high is the interest rate? Is it variable? And are the terms extremely unfavorable to continued payment? Lastly, market risk. This applies to the location of the property itself. Are you in a booming market or a rural market that is being left behind? What is the economy like in the area surrounding the property? And there are other risk factors, of course, such as those that are investor and or deal specific, or those that include opportunity cost, regulatory risk, and currency risk. In short, don't invest in what you can't afford to lose. Diversification matters here. To sort of sum this up, the type of notes that you buy should be defined by your individual investment objectives and risk tolerance. There will be some work involved with whatever note you invest in but you can also find different strategies for this type of investment. Number one, you can flip notes to other investors. This is basically going wholesale to retail. These investors go directly to banks and other lenders to get these low prices and then flip them online for bigger profits. Number two, you can rehab notes and resell to other investors. This is a value add and it can be a bit tricky depending on the types of notes that you're working with. Number three, you can purchase notes to own and or sell the underlying real estate. These would typically be non-performing notes that you can flip to another borrower. Number four, you can originate seller finance notes for income or resale. This is what we did. And while it's worked out all right, it's worth the effort to research your local interest rates and loan terms to make sure that you're not being taken advantage of. Number five, you can rehab notes and keep them for income. This requires collaboration with the borrowers to improve the payment terms. Number six, You can buy performing notes for income. This is the most simplistic of the methods, and it makes the most sense, really. I mean, why wouldn't you invest in some notes that are nearly sure to provide you with passive income for the future? Number seven, you can make private money loans to real estate investors. These are useful for rehabbers who don't have time to wait for traditional loans. Uh, This is a really common strategy, and it can pay consistent, if not spectacular, dividends. Now, I'm not going to get nearly as in the weeds as I could get here from a strategy perspective. This is a type of investing that I'm not the most familiar with. So I would require a lot more education to feel comfortable. I have several links in the show notes that can give you a better idea of this investment style than I ever could. But one question remains, where can you find these types of investments? Where can you find quality mortgage notes for sale online? Well, it turns out that there are a ton of different places. Now, I've linked to an article detailing this in the show notes, but I'd like to go through just a couple here. Uh, Garnico is a great place to get started. They provide performing note opportunities for investors by funding new acquisitions in their affordable housing program in partnership with private lenders. Paperstack is uh, basically taking note trading to the next level. They build their platform as the first fully digitized mortgage note transaction engine. The big thing here is that their fees are only 1% for successful sales, which is a big win for investors of all stripes. NotesDirect is another platform that allows you to buy and sell mortgage notes and real estate online. They have performing and non-performing notes, as well as physical real estate that's available for purchase. Loan MLS is a note trading platform that boasts a membership of over 20,000 qualified note investors and mortgage note buyers, meaning that there are plenty of folks available to buy and sell. They have a wanted ad section and they give you the option to work with loan originators to fund new loans. Aspen Funds is another. They allow you to take advantage of investing in notes from a fund perspective. This diversifies your risk and allows you to collect monthly cash distributions while establishing economies of scale immediately. Lastly, Watermark Exchange operates a mortgage note trading desk where larger institutional investors and banks can list their notes for sale to retail note investors. They offer a great search feature that allows you to see notes for sale geographically. They also provide a due diligence process and investment forecast for each note. In short, real estate note investing is great for those investors who are looking for returns between 8 to 12% without a tremendous amount of risk. This is great for those who are looking to anchor their portfolio, or for those older investors who are simply looking to continue growing their wealth while battling inflation. Of course, there is a ton more information out there, but this show is only meant to whet your appetite. You can certainly find more uh, websites that are chock full of information uh, by checking out the show notes that I have listed. For now though, that's gonna do it for today's episode. As always, I'd like to thank you for listening to the Plan B-CRNA podcast. If you found value today, make sure you hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. This show only grows because of you. So make sure you share it with a friend, family member, or colleague to help them on their passive income journey. I also want to hear from you. If you have a question, comment, or potential rabbit hole topic that you'd like me to cover in an upcoming show, make sure you rate and review us on your podcast player. I check those all the time, and I cover those questions in future episodes. If you'd like to know more about me and gain access to passive investment opportunities, make sure to find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or just visit my website at www.oncallinvestments.com. This is Bobby Jones signing off. Until next time, be safe and... Take care of each other out there. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Plan B CRNA podcast. If you haven't already subscribed and reviewed the show, I'd be honored if you took the extra time. It really helps to expand our reach and get the word out about the show. If you're a CRNA who is interested in sharing your story on our podcast, I'd love to have you. Please email me at bobby at oncallinvestments.com for more information. This episode was brought to you by On-Call Capital. They're dedicated to helping providers like you develop passive income and generational wealth through investments in the apartment and alternative investment spaces. Feel free to check out their website at www.oncallinvestments.com and subscribe to their free educational email series. You can find On-Call Capital on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check out our YouTube page where you'll find all of the show episodes along with other educational videos. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.